Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another special episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Sonos. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the big announcement of the Sonos Roam. Now, this is a very portable speaker, which still has Wi-Fi, still has Bluetooth, still has Apple AirPlay 2, has voice control with the Google or Amazon Voice Assistant, and 10 hours of battery life. This is the kind of speaker I can have in the bedroom or in my backpack. I can take it to the beach. I can take it to the picnic. I just think that this might be the one Sonos speaker that everyone will have in their home and then perhaps expand from there. It's a very interesting proposition. It comes out on the 20th of April. I'm so, so excited to get my hands on this speaker. Obviously available in black or white like most Sonos products. $279. You can pre-order this now. My review will come very soon as well. So you may want to hold out for that if you so need to. But one thing I have to say about this with the IP67 waterproofing, it literally means you can take this anywhere at any time and enjoy it. You can be listening to this podcast on that speaker while you're hiking the Blue Mountains. Now today, another product that we spoke about not that long ago was the latest Oral-B toothbrush. I can't believe that we talk about toothbrushes on a technology podcast, but here we are. Now, when you've got such an advanced toothbrush, I need someone who's advanced to talk about toothbrushes on the show. And I can talk about the technology behind it in some ways, but to really understand a toothbrush, we needed to get an expert. Dr. Elizabeth Milford. She is a essentially a dentist. However, she's also a consultant to Oral-B as essentially a dental consultant. I didn't even know that this kind of position existed, but it does. I guess if you're a company which makes toothbrushes, you might need to partner with dentists to make sure you're producing the right one. Now, um, Dr. Elizabeth and I talk about everything toothbrushes, from manual toothbrushing to electric toothbrushing. Why is one better than the other? Do I still need to floss or mouthwash if I've got such an advanced toothbrush? And also, we do some myth-busting around brushing. I'm talking about everything from, will it, is, it, is it true that mouthwash can put me over the limit for a breathalyzer test? Do I need to brush my tongue? Is charcoal toothpaste actually a good thing? We cover so much in this interview. Yes, we do a little bit of technology, but to be honest, guys, we all need a bit of a dental update from time to time, especially for those of us who haven't been to the dentist due to the pandemic. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Elizabeth Milford, uh, the Oral-B dental consultant and quite a genius for anything to do dentistry who talks about this toothbrush more than anyone I could have ever found. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Elizabeth Milford. Elizabeth, in television ads long ago, a dentist wouldn't show their face. And, and to this day, I have no idea why. Have you got any insight into this, this thing that's been going on in advertising? I, could it be that seeing, um, just seeing the back was enough for the viewers of Australia and that if you know, that dentist turned around, it could have been quite shocking. The results could have been quite shocking. So it was a looks thing? <laughs> I'm not sure, Jeff. Truly, um, not sure. <laughs> okay, now look at a um, recent virtual launch. Uh, you presented the Oral B IO Electric toothbrush, and we couldn't wait to have you on the show because you can definitely explain this product far better than I can. Um, there's, I mean, there's technology in this new toothbrush, but there's all sorts of new innovations that you were talking about as well. Can you give us a little bit of an understanding about the new Series Nine from Oral B? 
Thank you, Jeff. The new toothbrush is absolutely um, a one of its kind toothbrush. And the really the only thing that Oral B kept was the small round head that um, we've had in our toothbrushes since the 90s. We've kept it because over the decades, research paper after research paper has shown that that small round head is a superior um, product when it comes to removing plaque and keeping teeth healthy. So that's been retained and everything else has been totally redesigned. And it's been redesigned to keep the patient at the center. So to make the whole brush a better brushing experience and to get better brushing results. So it does that through um, through you know a better experience because it's a quieter brush and it's a smoother brush and it's a really pleasant feeling. But it has built in a whole lot of um, really nifty technology that actually coaches patients and users to brush better and get the most out of each brushing experience. And, and from a smoothness point of view that you just mentioned, I think in the in the presentation, you put a pearl or, or, or some sort of marble or something like that on top of the brush head. And when you turned it on, you could tell how smooth the brushing was because it didn't fall off. Is that was was it a pearl? Yes. Yeah. It's a pearl that we that we use. And the what it demonstrates is that all of the energy is coming from the linear magnetic drive in the handle of the toothbrush all the way along. And all it's doing is twisting those bristles back and forth, which is what we call the oscillation mm. um, and, and rotation mechanism. But there's no energy lost in vibration. Um, and, and so the pearl stays on the bristles because they're just twisting round and round. There's no, there's no extra jiggling that would knock the pearl off. That's incredible. Now, as, as a dentist, uh, do you recommend electric over manual brushing? So if we look at the research, what we've got is, as I was saying, decades of research, head-to-head papers comparing electric toothbrushes with manual toothbrushes. And so what we've got is a, quite an enormous body of evidence demonstrating that electric toothbrushes are superior in terms of being able to remove plaque. But more importantly than that, um, because you're removing more plaque, you're getting less disease. And that's what this research is showing. So yeah, we do have quite a lot of research to demonstrate that. And in fact, we've got um, head-to-head studies between different electric toothbrushes, so oscillating, rotating versus sonic toothbrushes. And once again, we've got quite a substantial body of evidence demonstrating that that small round head, that oscillating, rotating mechanism is superior to a sonic toothbrush and a a sonic mechanism and that research um, has been done a lot of it's been done independently and um, and there are quite a number of independent research organizations who've done systematic reviews which as you know is a is a piling together of a whole lot of research Um, and those systematic reviews do confirm the superiority of that oscillating rotating mechanism that's interesting. And one of the other things I've learned since switching to electric toothbrushes is that you're actually not meant to use them the same way that you do a manual toothbrush in that you let the toothbrush do the work when it's electric, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And so all of that um, you know, circular brushing motion that we're taught with a manual toothbrush, we need to park that and just let the toothbrush do its thing. So we need to make sure that the toothbrush is held on each tooth and each surface of the tooth making sure that it's touching the gum area because that's a really important part to keep clean 
um, but just slowly moving that brush from tooth to tooth um, to, to get a thorough clean all the way around. It's a really good point. And one of the other things I've noticed on this toothbrush as well, and, I, and I'm sure that they have different brushing modes on other electric toothbrushes, but this one has a proper menu system where there's a, a display on the actual toothbrush, which, which is quite amazing to see. Um, but for me, almost like when I use a washing machine, I tend to use the same cycle every time. Um, and with the toothbrush, I'm pretty much using the daily clean mode all the time as well. Should we be selecting different cleans and how do we decide when to do a deep clean compared to just a normal daily clean? <laughs> That's a great question. So the daily clean is designed exactly for that. You know, it's designed for, for um, most people most of the time. This is going to be exactly what you want. Um, there are some people who find that they have quite sensitive teeth and so um, or, or sensitive gums, and so they might be intuitively leaning towards or even be instructed by their clinician to lean towards the sensitive modes and and the deep clean. I I actually used the deep clean. I had I had quite a bingy day a couple of days ago. Um, so lots of sugar, I could feel it all over my teeth and, mm. and I needed that deep clean to really just cut through it and, and get rid of it because um, it's your diet that affects the plaque that's on your teeth. It's, um, it's your hydration levels, all sorts of things. So there are some days where um, we've probably indulged a little bit and that's a day where you might find the deep clean is, is what you need to really, really get in there and get yourself back to healthy. Interesting. Now, the other part that's also interesting about this particular toothbrush is that it's got Bluetooth built into a toothbrush. Now, again, I have seen that done before, but this time it's a little bit different. It tends to add a whole new other layer to the brushing experience. I mean, we now have an app for our toothbrush. Yeah. And apps are really being integrated more and more in our daily life, as you well know. Um, but having an app with the toothbrush is a really great way of motivating people and users to to brush better and so a couple of features of the app um, one um, is the 3d tracker and the artificial intelligence with the brushing what we know is that um, people tend to have biases when they brush they don't tend to brush evenly all the way around their mouth they tend to stick to one side versus the other or they'll miss particular surfaces and so when using the app with the toothbrush, it's able to track exactly where you are in the mouth and give you feedback how long you've spent in different areas to make sure that you brush thoroughly in, in all the different zones in your mouth. And it's quite a groovy tracker because um, in, in this particular toothbrush, in the io9, which in Australia is, is a black version, so I think it looks mm. quite good too, um, it breaks the mouth into 16 different zones. So it can tell the difference between um, the cheek side, the top biting surface and the tongue side of the teeth. Um, it can tell the difference between top and bottom, left and right, front and back. So it's really, um, I think, quite granular in the detail that it can feed back to the user so that really there's, there's no zone that's forgotten around the mouth. That's fascinating to me as well, even when you talk about you know, how we tend to focus on one side more than the other. And I know that I always, and I've been paying attention to this more as, as I've been learning about, about this new toothbrush, but I know that I always start brushing from pretty much the same tooth on the same side every single day. Mm -hmm. And does, would, would that mean that I then perhaps 
favor that side and perhaps I'm not paying enough attention to another side because by the time I get there, maybe I feel like I've already spent enough time brushing. Potentially. And um, what we also find you know, is that people choose one particular area. I I'd put money on the fact that you were starting on the same side that you were holding your toothbrush. So if you're right-handed, you'd be starting on the right-hand side potentially. Um, yeah. But because that's that's what we we tend to find with users, um, yeah. and and then around to the other side. But also people use different pressure from one side to the other, and so um, people tend to um, really get into it a little bit more on on their favoured side and and lighten up. A bit more on the other side and so that's another thing that this toothbrush can do is not just correct the biases in terms of where you are in the mouth but correct the bias in terms of brushing pressure so it has a um a dual pressure sensor it can give you feedback and it does give you feedback if you're brushing too hard or too soft yeah and so that leads to more protection and more safety for the teeth so that if you're brushing too hard, you'll take the pressure off a little bit. You get real-time feedback, immediate feedback. Um, it's on the handle. If you're using the app, the app flashes up as well. So you're getting feedback straight away that you're brushing too hard. You take the pressure off. And so that immediately leads to a safer brush. And, and similarly, if um, someone's brushing uh, too gently in an area, they're just not going to be removing the right amount of plaque. So, um, so a little bit more pressure is, is advised by the toothbrush again in real time straight away. So people, um, really correct their, um, correct their biases, correct their habits straight away. And this does actually lead to a longer term behavior change. And with all this data that's coming through, I mean, in terms of our app having so much insight into our brushing habits, how often we brush, where we're brushing and things like that. At what point do you think we'd be able to share that data automatically, you know, with our dentist for potential feedback from them or even reduced visits? Is that something which you could see happening in the future? So, yeah, that's a, a great feature of the app as well, is that it does have brushing summaries. And so that is something that you're able to share with your clinician and get feedback from them. And, and so it really does enhance the partnership between the dental clinician and the patient um, so that you're working together because, you know, in the dental chair, you're only there, what, one, two, three times a year um, mm. compared with 365 days, twice a day, um, brushing your teeth. And so when it comes to the onus, it really is on the, the brusher to do a good job and and it helps the clinician really become that coach to to help you through and to to help you work towards a, a better cleaner um oral hygiene experience i like that and and you also mentioned uh, you know twice a day now with this toothbrush being so advanced and and so amazing does that mean that we could cut down to once a day? Do we still need to floss if we're using a toothbrush like this? Or do those rules still apply? Um, I'm sorry. Those rules do <laughs> still apply. And the reason is because they're not dictated by dentists. They're dictated by that beautiful oral flora. Um, all of that lovely, healthy bacteria that you always have in your mouth that keeps us healthy. Um, if it is left undisturbed for too long, um, we get an environment that um, is becoming a little less favorable. You start to get a couple of the nasty bugs in there. Um, and so that's why we really want to shake it up every 12 hours. So that's why we brush twice a day. Um, and when it comes to cleaning between your teeth, 
this um, this toothbrush is actually giving us really great results when it comes to brushing hard to reach areas, including between the teeth and along the gum line. But a toothbrush is always going to be limited in terms of how far it can go between the teeth. And so, yeah, definitely, there's still going to be a need for people to get in there and um, and use some sort of mechanical removal floss or interdental brushes between the teeth every day. Okay. Okay. And then for those who are listening and, you know, I've spoken about this toothbrush already on the podcast and, you know, its capabilities, but I think the big question that will happen is they'll say, this is great. I want to go buy this. They talk to their partner. They say, look, I want to spend um, $750 on a on an electric toothbrush. Is that an easy purchase to justify over other electric toothbrushes? How, how do you think somebody gets to that point and says, this is the one that I need? This really is an outstanding brush. And really, um, from whatever angle you're looking at it from, in terms of clinical results and plaque removal and health benefits, it really is showing its superiority in all of those measures. Mm. When it comes to the coaching and doing a better job of brushing your teeth every single day because you're um, using the right amount of pressure, because you're brushing more evenly and thoroughly throughout the mouth, um, it's, it's really there to to help and guide the user. And, and finally, it's a really nice experience. It's a really nice brush to use. And it so it, I think it makes brushing actually quite enjoyable. Um, and so when you put those together, really, I, I, I think that people who use it would, would never go back to anything else. Um, it's just packed with such superior features. And, and just on the cost side, do you think that we'll ever see private health insurers give rebates on electric toothbrushes in the same way that if I go for a clean at a dentist, I tend to get a rebate on that? Do you think they'd ever subsidize the cost of, of toothbrushes like this? You know, that's a really great concept. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that really could be explored further. Hmm. I was just thinking that. Anyway, and at what point, I have to ask, at what point do you think that they'll just sell the tools that the dentists are using so that we can get just get that perfect clean every time? The interesting thing is, is this, you know, the small round head that I was talking about earlier is mm. actually inspired by dental tools. Um, that was the whole inspiration back in the 90s when it was released. Um, so it's there to kind of mimic the um, profi brushes, profi cups. That's what dentists professionals use when they're cleaning people's teeth and we use it because they adapt so nicely to the curves of the tooth um, and they also can get into those nooks and crannies really easily so really when it comes to home care um, this is really as close as you're going to get without you know going out and getting a, a whole dental chair which would be very comfortable in your in your house no doubt but um, this, this is as close as you're going to get I'd say Okay, good. And look, I often feel that, and look, maybe it's a bloke thing that we tend to put a lower value on investments in into ourselves. I mean, I'm, here I am trying to justify a toothbrush that's supposed to actually give me a better dental result. And it's crazy to think that at some point, but, you know, then we've had this, this pandemic that I guess for a lot of people has meant that people haven't had to leave the house as often. They may deprioritize brushing their teeth because who are they going to see today? <laughs> And at the same time, they're not going to the dentist or maybe they haven't gone to the dentist for 12 months because of the pandemic. Mm. Do you think that we're going to see an impact on oral health as a result of COVID as well? Yeah, and that research is, is already coming out. There's been some research out from South Australia and from Victoria um, showing that COVID has definitely had a negative impact on the 
oral health of Australians. Um, mm. And so the messages from dental clinicians right throughout um, the, the lockdown periods and, and right throughout this, this whole pandemic has been that now more than ever, we need really good home care practices and, and home care tools um, so that people are able to, to really do the best that they can um, day after day. I agree. I agree. And I mean, I think a lot of people are investing in home gyms, buying gym equipment for homes, exercise bikes, things like that. And having the right dental equipment at home, at least, um, could actually mean that you're doing a proper job. So you are buying, I guess, buying some time before you do need to go and see your dentist, um, if you are still holding back on doing that. Now, Elizabeth, the other question I have to do is, I want to do some myth busting with you, because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Maybe some of them are true, maybe some of them aren't. Can you bust a few myths for us? Let's go. All right. Brushing immediately after a glass of wine can be bad for your teeth. That one is true. The problem is that wine is acidic. And mm. so the acids will decrease the mineralization of the teeth um, the way acids do. And so what we want to do is allow a little bit of time for the body's natural um, resources to come in and to help remineralize the teeth. So we're talking about saliva, um, helping to remineralize and just give the tooth a little bit more strength before we get in there with a toothbrush or do anything, um, do anything else to the to the mouth. That's really interesting because I mean, if I have a cup of glasses of wine at dinner, am I safe two or three hours later to to be brushing my teeth? It does take time to remineralize. So waiting about two to three hours, yeah, is is definitely better. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, mouthwash can put you over the limit in a breathalyzer test. So most mouthwashes in Australia are now sold alcohol free. So mm. that's not a concern so much anymore. And you're not going to be able to use that as an excuse. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. And just on the mouthwash piece, um, useful or something as, as useful as a glass of water? Um, mouthwash has been shown in research to provide a benefit. So it's an incremental benefit. So tooth, using the right toothbrush is absolutely essential and using a really great toothpaste is absolutely essential as well. And using a mouthwash is going to be just a little bit extra um, that can give you just a little bit more of a boost. So it can definitely be beneficial. But we can't say that it's as good as brushing your teeth, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. And uh, brushing your tongue improves your breath. There's a lot of um, things that can lead to um, halitosis or bad breath. Um, mm. And a lot of the time it can come from issues outside of that oral environment. So in the upper throat, around the tonsils or down in the lungs. And so um, it's really going to depend on exactly what the problem is, diagnosing the problem properly. And oftentimes a GP is going to be the best person to help in the diagnosis of what's going wrong. Um, but it can, yeah, again, in some people it can make a, an incremental benefit. Okay. Okay. Charcoal toothpaste is better for your teeth. There is some research, happily, um, on mm -hmm. charcoal toothpaste. Um, what we know is that there's not been any demonstrated benefit 
from charcoal toothpaste in terms of um, an antibacterial effect or so a decrease in plaque effect. Um, a couple of concerns though um, is that the charcoal can get into the margins of fillings and so can actually just darken the the edge of fillings mm. that are present. So that is a potential downside. Um, also, we do have um, abrasivity tested in toothpastes and, and all the major brands test their uh, abrasivity just to make sure that the toothpaste is safe. Um, when it comes to charcoal toothpastes, if it's from a smaller brand, I'm just not sure if they're doing that sort of level of testing. Um, and so I, I can't really speak to the safety in terms of whether or not it's going to be too abrasive or not. Um, again, if it's if it's a charcoal toothpaste from one of the major brands, then then I think you can be really quite confident. Yeah, okay, but okay. And, so it's uh, not going to do harm. It's not really going to do a lot of good either. <laughs> All right, good, good. And uh, bottled water is bad for your teeth. The issue with bottle. Okay, so number one, drinking water versus anything else is brilliant. Yes. So. Yes. Let's let's keep on doing that. Um, and the potential downside of bottled water is that um, it is unlikely to have fluoride added. Most bottled waters on the market don't have any fluoride, um, and we know how beneficial fluoride can be. And the World Health Organization has made really strong statements about fluoridation and fluoride in the water. The NH and MRC has as well. So um, we're really supporting um, having fluoride in the water um, because it does make a great difference to the um, incident of decay in the population. Okay. Okay. And the last one I've got here is that uh, rinsing after brushing is actually bad. Yeah. So what we're advising nowadays is to brush your teeth, have a spit, and then leave it because then you're leaving all of those lovely um, elements of the toothpaste um, that you've deliberately put into your mouth. You're just leaving them there to keep on pottering away and, and doing their job just for a little bit longer. So it can sustain the effect of the brushing just a little bit longer. And that's really interesting too, because if I follow my brush with mouthwash, am I still removing all that good stuff as well? It depends what the mouthwash contains. Some mouthwashes okay. contain a fluoride. Um, so, so then it's it's going to be no no difference. Um, yeah, it really does depend on the mouthwash. Interesting. Okay. And are there any myths that you have to bust off on anything I've missed here that uh, that people need to know about? I would come back to toothpastes and toothpaste ingredients, and um, there has been such a lot of development in toothpastes over the last, you know decades um and sometimes i think we're still stuck in the um that dilemma of does it have fluoride or does it not have fluoride and um and a fluoride toothpaste is going to be superior but there are so many ingredients um apart from fluoride that can be really beneficial to teeth um an example is stannous fluoride which um is an antimicrobial as well as a fluoride so it's um doing the remineralization it's helping protect teeth against decay but also with that anti um, antimicrobial, it's also helping protect the gums. And so, um, after you've done your excellent brush with a little bit of stannis in there, it can help just mop up that little bit of um, uh, bacteria that's left over um, and really keep the healthy bacteria in your mouth. And so, a happier smile. 
I love it. I love it. I think I think me and everyone who's listening is just taking taking notes through all of this conversation. It's been um, it's been extremely informative. Now, uh, Elizabeth, the rest of the questions are really to get to know yourself better. It's not so much about about our teeth anymore. It's about you know the, the, the technology that you use in your life and and other things around that. And look, there's no wrong answers here. They're just um, you know simple ones, I hope. And Elizabeth, what would be your favorite app to keep you organized? Do you know, Jeff? It's actually Outlook. Thank you, Microsoft. Yeah. Um, you know, everything everything revolves around work at the moment, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. So even you know, my husband went to Ballpark Music, you know, a couple of nights ago, and that was that was in Outlook. Yeah, I'm the same. I live and die in my email. If it's not there, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and what would be your favorite social media app? Um, Instagram for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do, is, and nice. and and catching up with my mates on Instagram. Yeah. I like it. And when you do get five minutes to spare between meetings, uh, what's the first thing that you want to do on your phone? Oh, check WhatsApp. So I, I do have a couple of children. And so um, the the parents get on and keep me up to date on what I need to know for tomorrow for my children to, to make sure they're wearing the right color or <laughs> you know, $2 for a sausage sizzle. So yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like it's, that. it's keeping the community on the phone. Yeah. And um, do you wear a smartwatch or a traditional timepiece? I'm I'm traditional. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that. And tell me, when we used to jump on airplanes and fly around, um, would you use the in-flight entertainment system or would you bring your own device? Do you know a little bit of both? So I um I, I have watched quite a number of movies. Thank you, Qantas. Um, <laughs> but but you know, once once I'd burnt through all of those movies I used to fly a lot um definitely mm. I'd, I'd flick over to 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 something that I'd brought myself and look when we uh are away from technology when you do get a chance to disconnect from from everything what do you love to do how do you get away from it all yeah we've got um we're quite close to um I'm in Brisbane so quite close to Mount Cutha National Park so so we'll we'll put on some shoes and we'll go up a hill that's that's how we unwind I love that. I love that. And the show is called Technology Uncorked. And when we're not doing interviews, we're doing um, news and reviews around technology. And I'm usually doing it over a glass of wine. Um, look, if, if we were together today, we're virtual at the moment. We're, you know, coffee, tea, wine, beer. What would be your go-to? Um, it's, it, is, it is morning, so I'm a tea drinker. I do love a nice Darjeeling. Um, but if it was a little bit later, uh, we'd be going for some Chandon. I really like the Aussie champagnes. Yeah. Yeah, good one. I like that. It's a good answer. In fact, I haven't, don't think anyone's ever said that one before. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with both, including the tea, actually. So um, I like that. No. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining the show. I think I've certainly learned a lot, even if um, if I'm actually, you know what? No, everyone has learned a lot from listening to this conversation. There's <laughs> definitely no doubt about it. And, and the myth busting, I think, is something I need to do more often. I really appreciate that. So thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. 